Hey everyone, my name's Jas and today I've got my partner Sven with me. Hey guys. Um, today we'll be doing a podcast. Um, it's going to be centred around um, our journey as a couple, as an interracial couple. I'm Punjabi, um, if you guys don't know, and Sven is of German background. So we'll be speaking a little bit about this, but also um, just um, how it's been for us as a couple overall, I would say, like... Our journey, what's been happening over the last few months, a lot has happened, a lot of positive stuff, a lot of negative stuff. And for those of you that don't know what really happened, just a little bit of background for you guys. Um, in January, earlier this year, I moved out of my family home, so the home that I had lived in for 26 years of my life. Um, growing up in a traditional Punjabi household, this is sometimes very unheard of. You only really move out once you get married or you're arranged to be married to a Punjabi Sikh man, which is what was expected for me. And I don't know if you can tell, but Sven really isn't <laughs> the model of what my family had wanted. I mean, he's got the beard, but that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this um, podcast will be a little bit about the challenges we faced, um, all the love that came from a lot of people through social media, in person, and just, just the good vibes that we really got as well. Um, after I did move out, I did get disowned by my family, and I knew this going into this. So I knew that once I made the decision to pursue a life that was just mine and that I was living for myself only, I know a lot of people thought that I'd moved out to be with Sven, but that was not the case. I actually thought about moving out about a year and a half ago, but I never really had the courage to do so. He's been really helpful though. He has given me a nudge in the right direction. Yeah, well, I'm, I gave you a push, uh, a here, little bit here, of a push here and there where it was yeah. needed, but um, I think people um, are quick to say, like, well, if it sort of fits their ideology, um, and it gives them um, an excuse to not look at themselves and how the society works, but just be like, it's the white man stealing the brown girl. He must have put that in her head. Even though it had been in your head for a long time, you just didn't really have the courage to, to just follow through. And yeah, I tried yeah. my best to, um, to, uh, to help you, but not just selfishly um, in my own interest because I, I wanted to be with you, but also because I knew how much, or I saw how much this all was holding you back yeah. and also how much of your energy was consuming living this double life it was basically so draining. That, yeah that it obviously was so a lot draining. of people live yeah yeah and like it's so good that you touched on that um there, there's no case of the white man stealing the brown girl here the only thing he really steals is my food when we're at restaurants but i'm pretty used to that by now you actually leave half of it on the <laughs> what plate are you talking so i'm about? not stealing anyway no, i do not <laughs> yeah carry on <laughs> but yeah spend absolutely right it was very draining for me um just to live this double life where i was pretending to be someone I was not for like 80% of my life. It was really tough. I mean, you go through like 26 of your life expected to follow this path and when you kind of go off that path and you make a decision that's for yourself and it doesn't, um, it's not necessarily in line with what your family wants, you start to feel this weird guilt, you know, this shame that you carry around and that's weighs down your aura. I was feeling so tired for no reason, you know what I mean? Like, I know at the start, like when we, when I first spoke to you about all this for you, it was like a completely foreign subject you know what I mean maybe you can share a little bit about that it was a bit of a yeah it definitely was a shock because um if there's one thing I've always had then it was um, love and support of my family so yeah. um they always supported me unconditionally no matter what I did no matter what career um path I picked or even um about three years ago when I decided to go to Australia um of course they were not too excited because I'm not <laughs> around anymore but they still supported me anyway and they said if this is what you think makes you happy if you want to like make this experience um even now with me um intending to stay here um yeah long term or for good basically um they still support that because they want to see me win they want to see me happy and um it was very sad to see that um as it appeared um 
like the cultural expectations, um, the traditions, just what people used to do, what everyone used to do, what they used to do themselves, like some family members, was um, uh, sort of ranked higher than your own happiness and self-fulfillment for you to grow and for you to just be with a person you love, just um, following the path you choose. Um, that was, yeah, very shocking for me. Um, and um, I, I wasn't even really aware of it. So also to me, that was a bit of a, of a secret or I had never been confronted with that. Yeah, and I remember like when we had gone to Germany for Christmas last year and when I met your family and I just saw how openly everyone spoke and how much open love they gave. I know there was moments and I've told you about this before where I would pull myself into a room and just have to like calm myself down because I was like, oh my God, my whole life I've never really had this, you know? Yes, I've had what they thought was love, but I've never really had a place where I could openly communicate who I am, just say whatever I felt without this fear of being too much, you know what I mean? I felt like I was always like watering myself down just to keep other people comfortable and like my self-integrity. I tell you, it suffered so much throughout this process because I felt like there was something wrong with me. I felt like this black sheep. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? That was probably during the process where yeah. you realized actually what people want me to be is not me yeah i am different mm. and then you probably feel like you're the black sheep but i've always told you you're the only white sheep amongst black amongst black sheep uh, basically yeah um, but it's so hard to thrive in an environment where everyone is different yeah. and you are this like you're kind of made out to be like the odd one out you know what i mean like i always felt like oh there is something wrong with me you know and what i mean yeah and that is a process and i think a lot of people um even these like haters we've had um people that do not support you um no matter if it's people you know or people you don't know at all yeah um you you said that recently that you can sort of relate to everyone yeah um because you've gone through all these different stages of awakening maybe and i like one picture you um you used um a few weeks back i think in one of your posts where you said um that you have to stop burning yourself to keep others warm yeah. and 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 i feel like I don't want to sound like, oh, but people, then, then again, people are going to say that anyway. That's the arrogant <laughs> uh, white man uh, looking down onto the, the Punjabi um, uh, society or culture. We've been to a Punjabi wedding recently. I loved it. We've been to, invited to a, a birthday um, recently um, by someone who does a lot of work around um, the, the, Sikh community, the, yeah. the Sikh community and the temple. And these people are absolutely lovely, open-minded. It is more people misconstructing or construing, I think you say, yeah. um, the, um, the Sikh ideologies to make it um, work in their own interest, basically, and for patriarchy. Um, but I actually lost my point here. It's okay, but I know what you're saying. I think what happens is when religion gets misconstrued by society and people put their, like, just their views, their cultural values, yeah. expectations, and they mix it with religion, I think that's when a bit of a problem occurs because then they start justifying things that happen and say, well... You know, it was the religion. The religion said that religion, all religion preaches love and understanding and openness. And I know the Sikh religion in particular is very accepting of everyone. And that's like one of the key concepts of our religion is ik. So everyone is part of the same thing. It's oneness. Yeah. So what, why are we different? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and I think what I was uh, what I was going to say in that context as well is that there are these different stages of awakening. Some people might never, yep. I don't want to see uh, say see the light, but basically, um, you've been through these stages. You said that maybe a few years back you would have been yep. one of the haters hearing about a story like this, yeah, or like in your community, in your environment, from the people around you. Um, so you can still sort of relate on some level at the same time. Um, 
all this hate doesn't really matter. I think for you, it was important to focus on your own happiness yeah. um, uh, and, and really finally claim and own your life, basically. Um, yeah. And I think what you've touched on is a very important point where I can relate to the people sort of hating or just having a different point of view about what's been happening. Um, I remember years ago when there was someone that we had known of that had married outside of the religion and in our household it became a topic like, oh my God, how could she do this to her parents? They gave birth to her, she owes her life to them. How could, how could she do this to them? They will be broken, they will get sick, all these kind of things. And I kind of followed this kind of mindset. I'm like, yeah, how could she do that? Do you know what I mean? But then you realize that if you don't live for yourself and you don't follow the path that you want for yourself, who are you living for at the end of the day? You're living for everyone else. I understand, you know, our parents, like, they give birth to us. They do a lot of sacrifices for us, yes. But at the end of the day, are you indebted to them for the rest of your life? Will you change the path of your life to fit what they've done for you? Like, is your whole life about their existence and keeping them happy or is it about yourself and is that what they really want for you? you and, that, and, and I think that is two um, different concepts and we have spoken about that a lot. There yeah. is one, uh, on one side there is conditional love yeah. and on the other side there is unconditional love. Yeah. So conditional love is when we say we give you food, we raise you, we look after you, uh, we support you but only if you play within our rules, basically. That's exactly how I felt, if, yeah. yeah on, only if you do what we say. Um, we, you said that you felt like um, you were a bird, but they would only let you fly yeah, just, so far. Just, like, so just, far. Ju just so far, but you were not really free to go wherever you wanted. And, um, well, it, it proved to be the case, actually, that as soon as you really chose to go against that... Um, then this conditional love, like, like you know, at least status quo, um, was was basically um, terminated. Was was, 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 was cut like, off. Was gone. Yeah. yeah um, and, and that's the difference um, with me. Of course, there will always be different opinions. People have yeah. different opinions. People have different ideas. I remember my grandfather uh, back in the days. He always wanted me to be an engineer, and I was yeah, always I like, no, "No way, that's not happening." Yeah. And I ended up studying journalism, where it was like, "How are you going to make a dollar with that?" Um, but at the end of the day, they would still support me. So it is okay to have a different plan, to have a different idea for what your child is going to do. But um, at the same time, when we talk about that, us having uh, kids one day, we don't really want to have a plan for them. We no. want to equip them, give them everything they need to find their own path and be strong and believe in themselves. Yeah. Um, but I think um, with this conditioning and programming that you've gone through your whole life, it was basically um, you never really developed that autonomy and that like full self-confidence and self-esteem to just do your own thing because you're basically doing somebody else's thing and we've spoken about this as well that if you look at the the society it seems like for some parts of the society it is like people might have like sort of sacrificed their dreams and lives for their parents or for the traditions they couldn't go for what they maybe would have wanted so then uh, sort of they they expect a payback from their own kids. It yeah. just it just continues, and I'm not even sure if there's a level of awareness where people really understand what is happening because um, at the same time, we don't want to go and point fingers. If, mm. if this is the world people know and people grow up in and, you know, people, um, the only world or the only um, sort of concept people yeah. know, then can they even see further? Can they even reflect on it and see that this is conditional love and it is not unconditional in my eyes at least? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you completely. And I know when we first spoke about this topic and you kind of helped me see that it was conditional love in the sense that 
okay, if you do what's expected of you and what's, you know, right within the household, we will show you love, we will show you understanding, we will show you care. The moment you step outside and you do something a little bit different, we take that love away. Do you know what I mean? And to me, that is pretty much the definition of conditional love. You don't you do A, B and C, but if you don't do B anymore, we take that away. So that's conditional exactly, love. Exactly. And I think this is something that a lot of people can relate to. And it's really hard to kind of see as well and very confronting. I know when we first spoke about it, I think I ended up getting really mad at you as well because I was like, wow, like actually I, ne- I think he's right. And I was just upset, you know, I was a bit ashamed even, but that shame was not mine to carry. And I understand this is the way they grew up, you know? So at the end of the day, you still have a choice though. Like you grew up in that way, yes, but you reflect and you think, okay, well then do I want to behave this way with future generations? And you know how we spoke about children? We want to empower them to make their own decisions and to feel comfortable in their own skin and not have to worry, what are mom and dad going to think? What are mom and dad going to think if I step wrong here? Yeah. And I spoke about that, uh, me coming from Germany, generally in Europe, in Germany, in uh, cultures all over the world, you also find like bad parenting where, where German parents... Uh, let's say they are doctors, they are lawyers, and they want, they expect their kids to go the same path, yeah. like go down the same route, and uh, they would put pressure on them. And there's also a lot of um, uh, programming or conditioning in that sense, and they take away the freedom from their kids. It just seems to be more established because if you know, if I see this happening in Germany, then I would openly criticize that yep. and openly talk about it. If it's my place, if it's someone I know, if it's someone I talk to. Um, I'm, I'm not going to go and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, just um, throw in my advice and, and opinion randomly. But if I know the full story and someone asks me for advice, I would, I would point that out. And it seems to be much more of a taboo here. Yeah, and that's why, like, you know, even to write that post when I did after I moved out, just about the, my whole story and what had happened, like, for me, it was so tough to find the words. And then I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to post this. And I realized I was feeling this way because... I was like, I felt like I was still trying to protect them or something or protect what had happened to me. And I was ashamed. I was ashamed of how I'd been treated, to be honest with you. And like, even today, I was like, I sit back and I talk about my story and I'm like, oh my God, this is my life. This actually happened, you know? It's crazy. And at the same, at the same time, uh, I was there telling you, yeah. there is nothing for you to be ashamed of. You cannot take responsibility Preach. for yeah. other people's actions. And also for your actions in some way, if something has been put in your head from when you were a little kid, basically. Conditioning. So, you know, you are in some way or you were in some way a little bit brainwashed um, and it is a process you're going through. So for me, it was uh, also in this process, it was more about, yes, I was speaking out the uncomfortable truth. And I yeah, was call- no, I hated you for I, I was the time. calling it as it was, and yeah. I was also holding you, uh, holding up the mirror um, for your own actions and your behavior because I knew or what I saw there was basically the fear. At, in some way, you want to know what is it? Is it conditional or unconditional? Will they support me or not? In, in then again, it's also this whole. I don't want to say illusion, but the whole world that you've been living in and that you thought was real and where you hope like and where you think like, they will support me. Um, this was, you know, um, going to potentially fall apart. You know, you were going to, you, you, it was basically, you didn't know the outcome and that's also something you were scared of, I think. Yeah, and I think growing up, like seeing how my family and other members of people that we knew had reacted to certain or like similar things happening to people outside the community, in the community or family members, seeing their reactions towards that put in my head that if I ever did anything 
similar to that or fall in love with someone that was outside the culture and the religion, that the same would happen to me. So I had this fear from when I was young, you know what I mean? And I, I knew that the moment I decided, okay, I'm going to move out, I knew I would be disowned because we had kind of spoken about this. I had heard over the years, like, you know, if someone was to do something up, you know, away from the path, then consequences would follow. And I kind of was, that was in here, you know, yeah, forever. And, this, and in your case, um, without going too much into detail yeah. now, this goes further than we don't want this to happen. We wouldn't, wouldn't be excited. They were yeah. like proper serious threats. If you do A, B, C, we will do yeah. and so on. Um, so, and um, I just want to say that's the part that people seem to forget sometimes as well. That I was afraid. Yeah. I was afraid. And that's why I had to move out secretly. In which world would I be like, oh my God, I'm going to move out and I'm going to tell my parents off. No, there was a reason I did it that way. I had to put my personal safety first. That, that's exactly the thing. And I was also um, a bit of a driving force in that. Yeah, 100%. People yeah. can go and blame me for it, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. um, but people say certain things and that's some serious shit. Mm. And then you don't know, are they actually going to follow through or are they just talking bullshit? Um, yeah. But do you really know and do you really want to find out? Do you really want to take the risk that uh, scenario B happens instead yeah. of scenario A? Then you better, um, Just, you better minimize the risk and you choose the safe path. And then also there's another thing, and I know we're going to touch on that later, actually. That's one of the questions. But it is, it is about guilt. Mm. And I think um, people said you were a coward and stuff like that. Look, if someone says... Um, and I'm not saying this is this were th- these Sorry, were funny. these were things uh, people people said. I'm not. This has nothing to do with what actually happened. But just a scenario. If someone says, "If meet me tomorrow, um, 10 a.m. at town hall, I'm going to shoot you in the head," I'm probably not going to go there, and I'm not going to be a coward for not going there. Yeah. It's about avoiding uh, confrontation. Yep. So, um, so I think there is no guilt on that side. Um, certain. If certain people, let's let's say generally, because we know a lot of people go through that situation, if someone puts this fear into yeah, you yeah. and that pressure onto you, then the guilt for you avoiding confrontation and not deciding to tell someone in person, not deciding to go the way where you think everything's going to be peaceful, the, the guilt or responsibility is with them. And it is to them to... At, um, at one point maybe realize mm. like I know it's easy for me to say because yeah. uh, a scenario like this I could never imagine doing that if I had a daughter at, at some point or a son it doesn't matter because in my culture it, it's irrelevant anyway yep. um, but um, if I had had a child and I would be like if you ever do this if you ever smoke weed I'll smack you yeah then if they do it, they're not going to come up to me and say, look, I, I smoked a joint yesterday. Um, yeah, no they would avoid yeah. it. And then, mm. and then if they are in f- actual proper fear of me, then that is my fault because I threatened them. You instilled this fear exactly, in them. Exactly. So, so if someone avoids confrontation then, then it is for like the responsibility is with the person that planted this seed of 100%. violence fear and not with the person that avoids the confrontation so you always have to be careful with what you say basically to your kids because it does have consequences and the responsibility is with you that's what i want to say yeah and you know this fear of violence and like me putting my personal safety first i 100 percent like with all the females and even males that have messaged me about going through similar things that they're afraid that if they were to take a step like i did that their family would come after them or something bad would happen to them. And I always say, put your personal safety 100% first. 
nothing else matters. You look after yourself first. Even if you're not sure that they might do it, they might not. Maybe it's that part of you that just How do you know? wishes, that wishes that they weren't. You know, even though you sort of know that they might. There's yeah, that chance. Yeah, you were jumping left and right with this, basically. Oh, yeah, I was like, home girl was bipolar, you know? I was like, hmm, they will, they won't. But there was still that fear, you know? And I always say, like, look after yourself first. Like, put that personal safety first. Because you cannot leave that to chance, bro. No way. And there is a second part to this. So one side is that basically if you say these bad things, you should feel sorry for having said them. And uh, if, if, if you can't actually reflect and realize, yep. then you should be the one saying, like, oh, my God, what did I do? Yeah. My, 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 own, my own child is so scared that she or he has to avoid confrontation about the person he or she loves or just moving out generally a career choice whatever it is and that she actually avoids me that is horrible i'm pretty pretty much ruling with fear here in this household and that was one scenario we spoke about yeah. the other one is that then you realize what have i done and then you go and say like look the blame is on me i know what i did i am so sorry um that was the wrong tool we chose to get what we wanted basically you know um and uh, and then just apologize Otherwise, yeah. if, if people stick with, with their um, threats and yep. think you made a massive mistake and you know, try to pull you out of it or threaten you or pressure you or whatever in the aftermath, then you've done the exact right thing. So, in, in, yeah, so either, well. either way, in my opinion, if someone threatens you, either way, avoiding confrontation, moving out secretly is the right thing. It's either going to be people regretting what they said and apologizing and basically coming around anyway or they won't and then it's good that you avoided confrontation and escalation well we know what happened after i had moved out so like those first couple weeks like toughest toughest two weeks of my life and you know yeah. i've been through things in the past where i'm like oh my god this is that rock bottom moment that everyone talks about and then you grow and you flourish from it but this is the toughest it ever week ever will be but bullshit those two weeks after i moved out oh my god you were there you know you, you were there with me at work every morning from 4 30 a.m because i was afraid Because you know? we did not know if someone was going to come through the door. Yeah, because like, uh, that was the only place that people knew where I was. Yeah, you know? so, um, but let's not even go too yeah. much into detail here. Um, I think it's also good to just, like, generally, I, I, I think there is nothing wrong, there is no guilt, and then we have answered the question already. Maybe you want to mention Yeah, maybe have a look at some from, of the questions, hey? Because I think we, the, 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 run, the one around guilt... I don't know if there's anything else you want to say. Um, side note, it's 1.11, make a wish. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but the one um, around guilt. Yeah. I don't so let me just find that one now. We've got quite a few questions, guys. So thank you so much for answering. So um, one of the questions by Juhi is, how do you deal with guilt for following your own path? Yeah. And we have basically um, answered that or a part of it already mm. when it is around like, following your path, moving out, moving out secretly, what you did, avoiding confrontation um, yeah. and not, not sitting someone down. And then also generally, I think, um, how can you ever feel guilty for putting yourself first in life? Like, it just doesn't yeah. make sense to me. Yes, there's a lot of programming. You learn it from when you're born, basically. But in my opinion, if everyone just follows their passion and their own happiness, mm -hmm. if everyone would do this in this world... Um, like no one lives for anybody else and you can't put a child into this world and be like, oh, that, that is my little human now. That's my, uh, and, and he or she is just going to do whatever robot. I want. Yeah. It's not my yeah. robot. It's not, a, it's not a pet or something. Um, but you know, you, you created someone there that is going to have their own, yeah, their own head basically and, and going to live their own life. Yeah. Um, and, it, and in, in this sense, there is, for me, there is 
nothing, no guilt in it, but I know that you have felt or do feel a yeah. little bit different about that. Yeah, maybe I can provide a little bit of insight on my end for um, the whole guilt thing. And I totally understand this question where you're coming from because it's something I struggled with a lot. Honestly, I'll be very honest with you. I did struggle a lot. But I think that the guilt that I felt before I made the decision to move out is was much more. So when I was living this double life, you know, when I was pretending to be someone that I wasn't and I don't even think they knew me at the end of the day. I had guilt for being me you know I was guilty for being the person that I am today and that was really tough for me and the guilt afterwards like for making the decision to move out and to be happy and to live on a life on my own terms it was a lot less and it's just I don't really feel guilt anymore you know what I mean so it's been a process like I wouldn't say that the whole way through I felt guilty I felt more guilty before I moved out because I wasn't being who, I, who they thought I was. Like, I think my self-integrity and my self-esteem suffered a lot there, but now I don't have any guilt for following a life that I want and for um, helping, you know, other people see that it's okay to pick a life that or to choose your own path in life. It is 100% okay. That's it. And the people that really love you, like deep inside, unconditionally love you, they understand and they will be there with you every step of the way. They will want to see you grow. And like moving out, I swear, in these last few months, I have grown more in these last few months than I've grown in a lot of years. You know what I mean? So no regrets. And I don't, I don't feel guilty anymore, you know? And let's say maybe even if they are not there every step of the way, because yeah. it, it is a bit like in this culture now, it would be a a big shock to their system. 100%, yeah. And it will be very confronting and mm. shake up the whole world. So let's say maybe not every step, but we've heard it from a lot of people, um, also in, in, in your Facebook group or people that messaged us, that people eventually came around. It's also that there are lots of different degrees, of course, of how extreme the, the brainwashing um, and this like programming and the fear is. Yeah, course, and look, case case. sorry, just sorry yeah. to cut you off there, but any sort of guilt that I that was still remaining after I'd moved out, it kind of disappeared after what had happened in those first two weeks where I knew 100% I made the, dis- the right decision for myself. So in terms of that, I, would, I wouldn't say I feel guilty anymore, but I can understand why you would because I've been there too and I've felt it pretty much my whole life, you know. So yeah. I get it, I get yeah. it. Maybe I'll touch on another question yeah, now. Yeah, sure. Okay. So, do-do-do. Okay. So another question we got was from Kieran and it... The question is, how are you guys dealing with the negativity? Um, Maybe you can start with that one. I have some yeah, I can go. Yeah, I can go first. Um, dealing with the negativity. Um, the thing is this. Uh, I've been around the online world for a little bit. Um, worked on some other projects in the past. I didn't get too much hate, but maybe there was some. This was definitely yeah. the biggest shitstorm, as people say, um, <laughs> that I've ever faced. Yeah, um, well, that's what we call it. But at the same time, actually, it was not a... It was, what's the opposite word of that? Is, oh, do the they call it love shitstorm? storm or love... I don't know. What's the opposite that, of shit? I, I don't know. <laughs> no, I think, they have a, I think they have a positive word for the, for the love up. for the love we received. So actually, mm. first of all, that was overwhelming and that was way more. But yeah. of course, there are haters. But for me, it's... For me, it's pretty easy to push that to the side. It was pretty easy for me to stay calm and rational there on social media because I know that most of these people would never come up to my face and say anything. Well, you kind of saw that the um, other week anyway when we were confronted. Yeah, yeah, stuff. exactly. Yeah. So um, I know that they are just keyboard warriors. A lot of them were fake accounts. Um, and, and also a lot of it, like a lot of these people were making a fool of themselves. <laughs> and everyone, and that's, and that's the thing. Like yeah. I, don't care, I don't care about um, haters that 
support haters and then they just all stick together and they have the, their little, the little hater, hater, army. hater gang, hater army. I don't care about that. I know that everyone with a brain and a heart um, will understand us, feel for us. And we also know that we've been 100% authentic and honest yeah. with everything we have communicated. So so these haters didn't really touch me. Of course, sometimes there are things where like <laughs> you come up in my face and say <laughs> that. Um, Fair and enough. I don't know if I would be that calm and rational then, but... Um, Generally, um, I think I was also, maybe it shocked you a bit more because also, of course, it went, was more against you and what yeah. you did mm -hmm. um, than me. And also you were more like still sort of torn between these two worlds. Like what at is that going moment. on? Yeah. And I was always in my, like part of my world and I just stepped a foot into it to get you out of it basically. Yeah. Um, so they would get more to you than, than to me maybe. Yeah, but definitely you were a pillar of strength throughout the whole thing and like how logical, rational and just level-headed you are about the whole thing. It helped me so much because there, there was moments where I was really emotional and that's understandable. My God, my whole world got shook up, you know, and the events that followed after moving out, that was a lot. That's a lot for any person. And I still remember that day at work. I think you already know what I'm about to speak about yeah. now. That day at work when um, after I'd put up the person, I'm just quickly scrolling through um, my Instagram feed as I normally do um, just before I had a PT session. So I had about five minutes left for the session. I just quickly saw um, my Instagram feed and I saw that um, a member of the family had made an account and had started talking smack basically and just making all these wild accusations on the person. Now I can talk about it like calmly and rationally and logically. But when it happened... Okay, it took the wind out of me. I was like, oh my God, people are going out of their way to try and destroy me. And, and that was so hard. Yeah, and that was the first time in your life like someone actually tried to defame you and told a whole different story. And I think the difference there was also that it was people you knew, like fam fam yeah. family members. So of course that hit you. And I, yeah, look, and this was also when we... Um, when we um, started like in like in the aftermath basically went and spoke to lawyers and stuff because we were like okay we're not gonna we're not gonna allow this to happen people can't just make up bs now and just tell tell lies even though at the same time i said to you who's gonna believe that yeah and like they, these people were making a fool of themselves yeah for me it wasn't about who's gonna believe them or, oh my god people are gonna think no i didn't care about this for me it was wow you are supposed to be family and people that I know yeah, but yeah. you go and out you of your way to damage me to damage me to to break me yeah, pretty much yeah, and yeah. like I that was it was such an overwhelming moment for me and just thinking about it now it takes me back my heart is beating so fast because I remember how much it really took the wind out of yeah. me I was just like whoa this happens and this actually this is supposed to be like people that love and support you but they now go out of their way to try and hurt you you know but what have I done that was so wrong that's what I was thinking yeah yeah I know and that yeah well and what you've probably in their eyes what you've done and that was so so wrong was uh being authentic speaking about yeah it was a speaking truth. out about it Spe speaking out about it because there was not much um there were not there was not much of an of an echo or um of of like protest about you just moving out but then that the whole thing went public taking everyone that knew that suddenly where it was about the family name and this and that honor and honor um sorry sorry guys but just look at yourselves then um because it wasn't you putting like dirt on the name it's those people with their actions exactly. like you know it's not about just brushing everything under the rug basically and just uh you know like um, sort of keeping a certain picture live your lives accordingly Look at your own actions and keep the family name clean by that and not by just... And this uh, is the thing, Boo. Like, taboos, yeah. In this culture, like, honor and 
um, just upholding your family's name and izzat, as they call it in Punjabi, which translates to honor and just how people view you in society, is the most important thing. But I tell you, this is the thing that kills the dreams of so many young people because people are out there like living for just to maintain the family name and their view in society and how people perceive them. And you sacrifice yourself. You become a victim yourself and you don't even realize. And I finally spoke out. And for me, even that was very hard to do because I was like, oh my God, this is going to either cause a shitstorm or maybe people are going to start reflecting and saying, okay, well, look, how we treated her wasn't the, the best thing. But I think making that post, for me, like one of the purposes was to show that it's okay to speak about it. Yeah. And like- it's, in, it's not just okay, it's important. It's in, yeah, important. I feel like it was my duty because I talk about being authentic and real all the time on my post. And I feel like that's one of my key values. And then for me not to speak about what just happened, that would, me being, that would mean being inauthentic. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I felt like it was my duty to kind of share it. At the same time, it was also for your own safety. Safety, yeah. Because, look, yeah. Uh, funny thing is some people uh, like when to name certain family members, uh, pr- yeah. pr- protect them, uh, defend them. We never named anyone. Yeah, we actually we actually never named anyone. It was not about that. It was more about like you talking about this whole issue um, openly and that, yeah. and that you were in fear. Um, you didn't even say that anyone had threatened you straight after you moving out that there were like actual um threats of violence that had just come in basically and that you had just been confronted with but it is stuff that had been put in your head um over decades basically yeah, and and and, and the, uh, let me just um yep, let me sorry. just finish that and the idea was also by going public these people certain people would feel pressure and they would feel like the eyes Uh, of them. the public are on them and they will be less likely to do stupid stuff. That's yeah, what it was about as well in some way. That's why my mom and me, we were like, okay, just fucking yeah, put it out there. <laughs> Sorry for the swearing. Um, just, but just put it out there because you will sooner or later, you were going to talk it, about it anyway. So don't wait any longer because then at least it is out there and everyone knows if something happens. Yeah. Like and the world will know. Yeah, I think safety was one of the key purposes of that post and also to you know, to address an issue that is not spoken about in society. Because I know for those first 26 years of my life, I feel like this black sheep and I feel like no one else felt the way I did. Like, oh my God, people want me to do this, but yeah. I'm living this other path and it's not okay and there's something wrong with me. And I put it out there to show people that, you know what, you're not alone. Like, I went through it, I felt alone, but I don't want you to feel alone. And I felt like that with the response that we got from all those people that reached out to us, boo, my God. You, you, Such I remember, a common story. I remember you posted and you were like, okay, I put my phone away and all whatever. Even if just 10 people like it, I don't care. Uh, it 10 ne- people see it, the message. It needs, it needs to be out there. Yeah. And it's also funny that, uh, that there have been like um, comments that um, you did it for the fame <laughs> and, and you, you thought What? you were going to gain something from it um, just to give you a bit of an insight, literally. Yeah. You had like 90% male followers. Male following, yeah. Most of them from India. Yeah. Uh, where you really wouldn't expect that the majority will be excited first of all that you're off the market uh, generally <laughs> all my hey man messages uh, yeah. Um, yeah. that you're off the market yeah. and then also with a white man basically um, I'm not yeah. I'm not even throwing everyone in this basket but there have been a lot of oh so much love from men, my audience Indian men and women reaching out to me as well and still um, messaging us today and supporting us there, there has been a lot of uh Loving a little growth in my Indian following as well, yeah. but we did not expect that. We <laughs> well, thought I thought I was going to lose following. Remember exactly, yeah. exactly, and yeah, me too. Yeah, um, because, I know we spoke about it. That's part of this uh, podcast as well. It is something that is very confronting and uh, very um, uncomfortable for a lot of people. That's what we thought. Yeah. Um, so that this would be 
um, such a success and we don't measure the success in the likes, more in the way that it was um, an inspiration, a motivation, um, sort of like a hand that was reaching out to the people that are in a similar spot. And the hands that reached back to me about similar stories that they are going with saying, you know what, I'm going through the same thing, girl, like I relate to you 100% on this double life, all these things that we touched on, Boo, like it seems like it's a very common thing, unfortunately, you know? Yeah, um, and I see you're picking up your phone. Yeah, I'm going to have a look at the next question now. Don't worry, I'm not scrolling on the gram. <laughs> All right. So one of the questions we've got, this is a little, little bit different. Um, how important is it to have someone support you in all that you do? Well, I think, is it important? Um, for a relationship, yes, it is. Yep. At the same time, I think um, people should not look for, like your life shouldn't be around this. I need to find this person. That supports me in everything I do. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it is important that you are that you stand on your own feet. Yeah, you can be happy and balanced and successful just on your own by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you always say you manifested me, and the 100% universe gave, 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 <laughs> gave me to you. Um, but uh, yeah, so when you're in a relationship, then I think it is very important. You don't have to share every single passion and hobby as long as you give each other space for that. Yeah. But I think, yeah, well, with us, it's basically 10 out of 10 because we do, we love doing everything together. Yeah. Like, um, it's, we have, we both share this big passion for, for fitness, for training, being active, going on our walks, traveling. We've, I would say we're both very driven. Um, 100%. And, you know, we just like, we have ideas and we execute it. Yeah. So, you know, there's some other stuff we're working on in the background. This podcast was, yeah, it was an idea for like, a maybe while. a few weeks now that yeah. we once said maybe this could be something we do but now it was pretty spontaneously we decided yesterday we were like we should just do it and yeah. today we're sitting here and we're recording um, <laughs> but yeah we're basically just getting shit done together um, which is great as well so um, yeah I think is it important for you personally to have that person I don't think so you should be able to stand on your own feet but then in a relationship of course it is important that you share um your key values mm-hmm. and then also your hobbies and your passions. I 100% agree with you on that. I think the first person you should look at for support is yourself. So learn to stand on your own two feet first because, you know, at, at the end of the day, you're with yourself most of the time. You need to love yourself. You need to accept yourself and you need to be able to pull yourself pull yourself up on times when you're feeling down and not rely on someone else for that because that puts unnecessary pressure or unfair pressure on the other party, even in relationships. I feel like if you can't, really support yourself and to be strong in who you are and you go into a relationship, you expect that person to fill those gaps for you, yeah. you know, and that yeah. just causes a whole lot of issues that you don't want. But at the same time, I agree that you want a partner that's going to support you and be on the same mission as you and, you know, share ideas and inspire with you and to grow with you. And I feel like that's, I found that in that's you. That's a big you know? one as well um, to people that are willing to grow. Yeah. But um, I remember I've read on this as well a little while ago where it's about what, what what's a healthy relationship, what's a toxic relationship. Yeah. Don't expect your partner to fix your shit. Yeah. But each of you that's individually... Fix your stuff together, yeah. basically. So you're on the same mission. You help each other, of course. Yeah. You, you. Um, it's not that. I uh, sorry, I'm not. I can't help you with that. Uh, you know, you you have to deal with that yourself. But do not expect your partner to fix stuff for you. And just because I love soccer, I do not expect you to go and sit down and watch soccer with me at uh, I don't know one thirty a.m. or four a.m. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when, when I watch Champions League or, or Bundesliga. Um, yeah. So you don't have to. Sh- you don't have to share everything. Um, and do not do not uh, 
yeah, do not try to find someone who is like sort of your therapist and yeah. uh, and and f- and fixes up your life or completes your life. I think that is important. We are two people. I wouldn't say we are uh, we are like we've reached our destination yet. Nah. I know that there is still a lot of space for both of us to grow, but um, we still feel that we are complete in some way um, for the stage we're at right now. And it is not that you, like we are completing or fixing each other's lives. Exactly. I think we both inspire each other to fix our own a shit. Lot, and we yeah. give, yeah, both of us, like especially with what I've been through and other things that we've been through as well, we do hold the mirror up for each other a lot of the time. Like we keep each other accountable. And yeah. I think that's what yeah. um, causes us to grow so much, even, like individually, but as, together as well, you know? So I think that, that's very important to have a partner that does have that growth mindset, I think is very important. Yeah. And I mean, of course, it's, it's a balance. Yeah. Um, it's it's not easy to balance. Um, you don't want someone to tell you all the time um, or po- point out the things you're doing wrong. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to have like someone that uh, that puts you down. But mm. at the same time, it is about like being honest. Yeah, and it can it real. be confronting sometimes. I'm not yeah, saying we. I'm not saying we you. never. We, I'm not saying we never argue. Yeah. We never disagree. The good thing is with both of us, we both have the ability to reflect. Yep. So even if we don't see it in the moment, we see it a few minutes later. Yeah, reflection we, is so important. Yeah, and then we talk about it again. And the reflection is so important for both of uh, the partners to be able to reflect so that they can grow together then and you don't not just constantly feeling under attack, basically, um, and the other person doesn't feel like I'm talking to a wall. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's if you've got a partner that's open for feedback and you're open for feedback and you're open to grow, then you will grow a lot. And I think that's, that's what you need long-term as yeah, well. Yeah, and when you understand and know that that person loves you and really wants yes. the best for you like that is that's important that's an important part as well mm. if you really know that person loves you and wants the best for you then be open and that's yeah. why like in arguments if you approach them as it's like you and your partner versus the problem instead of you versus your partner yeah, i think I that helps that one. Yeah. i think that helps a lot so it's not like you're against each other you're against this problem you're gonna get around it you know and that helps a lot so i True. think that's super important absolutely okay okay shall i get on to the next question yeah go ahead all righty so doo, doo, doo. Okay. Well, one of the questions we got from Bumi is, what are some of the difficulties that you face as an interracial couple? Hmm. Um, are we facing difficulties? I don't think so. Do you um, think so? I would say we obviously face challenges. Um, well, like, they, I didn't get to say that earlier, but this was basically um, with this, like, a little bit of hate on social media and stuff. That was the first time that I really faced racism. Um, oh, and <laughs> that's all right. Um, and uh, of course, like, well, obviously the way you moved out, you know, everything that happened after yep. you went public with our relationship, of course, wouldn't say it was difficulties. It definitely was a challenge. It was something to go through together. But now in our everyday life, look, the thing is this, um, I'm not looking at you. I'm even like a bit hesitant using this, this term, like I'm white and you're brown and stuff. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I don't like looking at people in colors. Or I'm, yeah, not like, or not, I'm not like I'm the German and you're the, the Punjabi or Kenyan, Indian, Australian, whatever. Um, we had some discussions <laughs> around that. Um, <laughs> That's for another time. We'll take too long with that one. But um, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. We're just a couple. Yeah, that's it. We're just it. a couple. We're not an interracial couple. But of course, as 
well, that is what big parts of the podcast are about or around. Yes, there are difficulties or challenges and people not accepting that. Yes, and I think that was what I think that was what we can call challenges for us in the sense that, you know, not being accepted by the people you thought loved you. I think that's been a challenge for us as an interracial couple. Um, in our everyday life now, I don't think we face any challenges. We live in a very multicultural society, to be honest with you. Here in Australia, it's very yeah. multicultural. You see people of all different religions, ethnicities together and it's completely normal. But in this community, I can understand it's completely off. And I think we saw that at this wedding that we went to. I think we were the only couple there that was like oh, a one, one more mixed couple, I think. Did we see? Yeah. One more mixed couple. Yeah, maybe. That, I don't, that, I don't that, that girl with uh, with her husband. Yeah, or, yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, in terms of like female Punjabi with um her Oh, which is more of a taboo. Which is more of a taboo. Well, I've never seen it growing up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, True. We we got quite a few looks, but whatever. Yeah, whatever. Haters gonna hate. Um. Yeah. Or that's that was the only thing with me at that wedding. I wasn't sure where people like that was a bit um, an interesting experience. A lot of people look at you, and you don't know what they're. Yeah, I know. Feeling or intention is looking at you. Are they judging? Are they sort of like upset or? Uh, or angry about me having stolen the the brown girl, yeah. or is it just, <laughs> or, is it ju- or is it, or is it just that we're that we are, um, of course, different, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, but that and goes back. Different scares people. Yeah, yeah, know. of course. Um, but um, yeah, that that goes back to does it really matter what other people think? Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, as the, the only thing, maybe the other another aspect in that question is um, that. Of course, there are cultural differences, and I think it's important that we're both very open. You love the German food. You're very, you know, you were very open, like going to the Christmas markets and stuff when we went there over Christmas. So um, I went uh, to um, to this wedding with you, which, which was like a new cultural experience for me. Um, I'm sure we're gonna. He loved all the food, by the way. Yeah. My gosh, he likes spice more <laughs> than me. So yeah, true, <laughs> it's crazy. true. Um, <laughs> you're very sensitive with it. And I'm sure we will go like to the temple sooner or later. Yeah, I like to go to the Gurdwara. Yeah. And and um, you know, also India is on the list at some point. Um, even 100%. though, even though that, then if you go back to if you go to India, of course, it's also about that the the confrontation might be a bit more extreme there. Yeah, Australia, well, Australia is still uh, you know is still a western western yeah. more multicultural country, and also um, yeah, well, violence is not an everyday thing here. Yeah, I think violence happens everywhere, and I, I don't know if it's just limited to like India, in the sense that. Yeah, but there is more different. of a there is more of a of a system here to control it probably in Australia. Would you not agree on that? Yeah, I do agree with that actually, yeah. and I think also in the sense that um, things are not as reported there, so you only really hear about yeah. things that are reported. No, so there's so, a lot of stuff so, that we don't know about. So to you clarify know? So that, what I was basically going to say is, I'm not sure if it, it will be more likely to escalate or we will be more likely to be confronted if I went there and we will be walking around on the street. The white man with the with the. To be Indian honest, girl. I just feel like a lot of people want to take selfies with you for your beard. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Look, maybe I'm maybe I'm biased here, and of course. Um, uh, and I've seen that now. So again, I don't want to generalize and say everyone's like that. Basically, for me, this is, yeah, it's a big question mark. I don't know yeah. how, how it would go. I would probably be a little bit nervous about it. Um, not f- not because I'm afraid of confrontation, but because I would prefer to avoid it. Yeah. And I don't want to really get into these situations yeah. where I have to stand up for myself or for us. I understand what you mean. Yeah. Um, I'll now go on to the next question. Um, did you? So this is from Jesse. Did you ever nearly give in to what your family wanted or expected of you? So I guess that one is towards me a little bit. Um, yeah, I gave in for the first 26 years of my life, really, and I stopped giving in when I moved out 
in January. So um, my whole life, pretty much, I thought that, you know, I had to live a certain way and do things a certain way, what is expected of me. So you go to uni, you get that, you know, you get that degree, you do well there, you get that corporate job. And for me, like, a little while in into my corporate job, I decided that it didn't really make me happy. And I decided to change, you know. So I went to fitness because fitness is my passion and it gave me life when I felt like there was not that much life in me because I'd, you know, I'd been through a couple of things and, and the passing of my grandparents and, you know, just a lot of stuff. So I, I feel like fitness is what really saved me and going you know, into that path was something that I think my family didn't expect or want of me, but they, they were okay with it at the end. You know, I went and did my own thing there in that sense. Um, but yeah, in a lot of my life, most of my life, I would say 99%, I have followed the path that was for me. Yeah, and or me, you have had, um, because you came off that path, you had to live this double life. Well, yeah, and that's when I, th- I would say in the recent years when I started to figure out who I really was, you know, beneath all this, what society wants for me, what family wants for me, what does Jazz want for Jazz? When I figured out what that was, then I had this like freaking weird like double life thing going on. I was this person, I knew I was. I was like, yeah, I stand for this, this, this. But then I had to water it down because it was too much for people that were still living in the other mindset, you know, of what this is what we should do. This is the right thing for a Punjabi girl to do, you know. And like things like, oh, now I'm 20, I was, tw- I was 27 when I moved out. I was just turning 27 in February and I moved out in January. So I was still 26. But the next thing for me was because I had settled into my job and everything like that, it was to get married. It was to have a marriage to a Sikh man that would be arranged for me. Like that was the expected path because everyone in my family had done the same thing and anything apart from that would be considered like wrong, you know. So... For me, like, there was no way that was going to happen. And I know for some parts of my life, and I know this is one of the other questions as well, was there a times where you nearly followed that path or you nearly gave in as well? I think there's another one too, similar to this question. Um, yeah, so I always thought, like, maybe it will just work out. Maybe I'll, you know, I'll end up falling in love with a Punjabi Sikh man and things will be okay and then my family will be happy and everyone will be happy. But it just, it just didn't go that way, to be honest. And I kind of... In my heart, I knew it wouldn't go that way, but I was trying to force myself to believe it would just to keep everything calm, yeah. to keep everything steady and to be like the stabilizer and not cause too many rifts, you know what I mean? Because I'm always afraid of that. I'm like, oh my God, they're going to freak out when they find out, you know, if I don't fall for a Punjabi man. I tried to force myself, to be honest, I'll be honest with you. I did try and force myself a little bit to try and fall yeah, for that, yeah. but um, it just wasn't going to happen. Not, not saying um, you couldn't find a suitable like you obviously not because you've got me now but yeah. generally i'm um, talking at everyone out there or, or talking to everyone out there of course you can find good man and oh yeah man there's heaps in heaps. like in the punjabi community heaps, yeah, as, yeah. as much as in the german the australian the whatever like um you know it's i i don't really see um or rank different cultural backgrounds or nationalities i see good and bad people or, yeah. or maybe everyone's in between. Yeah, but it's a little bit different for the society where we're kind of ranked by caste, it's, job, all these kind of things. That you know? is true. And also, um, why do you have to restrict the selection to a certain group? You know, like just look for the right man, just look for the right woman. But why does it have to be? And then oftentimes it is arranged so you don't even know who it is. Yeah. You don't so even really know who you're with there or who you marry. Um, so um, It can vary. Like, arranged is such a big topic, like a big umbrella term. Like, it can mean, like, you're introduced to this person and you get to know them a little bit and you start this dating and you're process. Like, yeah or nah. And the family, yeah, then decide if you want to be with them or not. Or there is the other side where it's pretty much like you're marrying this person because it was decided for you when you were young. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it can be anything. But about this, um, did you ever, um, can you repeat the question again? 
Yeah, for me. One, one moment. Just so so I get it right. Um. Yeah. Did you ever nearly give in? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To what uh, your family wanted or expected of you from Jesse? Yeah. So I think, I think your process of growth is like from giving in fully mm. to realizing this is not me and realizing what your authentic self is and wants to then automatically giving in less and less and less yep. into this double life into then finally I'm not giving into anything anymore apart from what I want for myself. So that was basically yeah, I'm giving to my damn self and what yeah, I want. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and and I don't think that since then you felt like dropping back no way no. like your family tried that and basically no and way. you were like whoa no no way i'm going no. back and that is the thing and what does going back mean anyway yeah and that that's the thing i'm sure there are some people they might even be listening hey there how are you going um some people that want us to fail um <laughs> and not that this is a possible scenario for us but still i told you um we uh, in in your facebook group um oh, yeah, yes, there, was, there, there was one question um of someone asking for um, her friend who had been in a like interracial relationship or whatever you want to call that um, and it didn't work out and now she's feeling a bit ashamed mm. um, you uh, also my response for that uh, or to that was that you never even if it doesn't work out in the end you never have to feel ashamed or guilty for having put yourself your love and your happiness first in your yes. own life and That's also and also at the same time if that person's skin color, um, nationality, cultural background never mattered to you and it wasn't a criteria of choice, um, then why would it matter in the aftermath? Just because people try to turn it into that, like, oh, you see it didn't work out with a white man or whatever it is. So if that never mattered to you um, in the first place, why would then matter. suddenly the skin color matter and you'd be like, oh, yeah, well, they're right. And you take some sort of guilt or embarrassment on board. Uh, so in my opinion, breakups are never easy if everyone's like, and, and everyone like, you know, you always get smart as as being like, oh, I knew it. You guys didn't really like, I could see you didn't. Yeah, have the you chemistry, ain't gonna blah, lie. Blah, blah. This, oh. this would probably even happen in like non-mixed relationships when yeah. they come to an end. You might always have some people, you know, that, that want to be smart or be like, oh, I told you so. Um, I don't know. I don't think. Yeah, people love to hold the microscope up to other people's lives and they're very invested in of, them sometimes. Of and course, <laughs> because then you don't have to look at your, your own, own life. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> look at your, get the microscope, look at your own life first. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so I, I think that answers the question there as well. Yep. Um, I'll have a look at the next one. Okay. Mm, 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 mm. Ooh. This is a good question. They're all really good questions. A little bit of a longer question there. Um, all right. So... I'd love to hear an update on how you're doing and how you've adjusted to living on your own and cutting ties with the family or getting disowned rather from Elmi. Okay, so a little bit of an update on how I'm doing. So I've, to be honest, the last few months has been like waves for me. Like I've been riding this wave. So the first couple of weeks were horrible, very tough for me. Um, just so much happened. Like it was very, 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 very intense. I think I was having a breakdown like every second night. What you <laughs> thought was your world and your life basically fell apart or turned out to be oh, an illusion. Shattered. So of course, that is a big, you can even call it in some sort of identity crisis. Understandable. Oh, freaked out completely because, you, yeah. yeah, something I thought was like the unit for 26 years, like boom, gone. Pew. You know, right in front of my eyes and I was like, oh my 
God, what even is this? What even happened? Like I was in shock for a lot of it. I'll be honest with you. And I think you you can you can not speak. New, this is not like this is not new for me. you. Yeah, you were there. He was there throughout the whole thing, poor guy. <laughs> but he was very supportive. And look, I would have freak outs pretty much every single night, you know. But they got less, and they got less, and they got less. And you know, I'm in a much better place now. And I know that um, hearing stories from so many people that reached out to us and um, our group on Facebook, Brown Girls Rising, if you guys haven't heard of it, check it out. Um, just through there and having support from everyone, like it showed me that I was not alone. And your family as well, like a German family, like super supportive and my the people at work, like I was really like, I was shown that I still had a family even though my family decided that they didn't want me anymore. You know, that was very big for me. And I know recently I had left um, the gym that I was working at and it was so hard for me because the, all these people, these clients, these the team there, they just gave me so much love and they made me feel like it was okay, you know, that people still love you, Jazz, it's okay. And you know, you've done nothing wrong. They had been with you as well. Um, shout out to the boys as well. Yeah, be boys, Cogger boys, woo! Before I was even around. So, yeah. you know, you had been, they, they had been trying to push you into taking this step, putting yourself first before I was there even. Yeah, um, and I didn't, like, I didn't, contrary, contrary to what people believe, I didn't move out for you i moved out for myself to make a life that was mine yeah. you know and yeah. you are what i want so yes it made sense to be with of course you. it's part of it yeah of course it's part of it and like we said earlier you did give me a little bit of a nudge in the right direction and, that, and i think it was also you, you you mentioned or touched that earlier um that for a long time you were like who knows maybe i'll find that punjabi guy that i really love and then everyone's happy And, yeah. it, and it all works out. But then you met me and you're like, all right, no, oh. I can't make this work. Yeah, you're so. that fork in the road, boo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, shit got real. When I realized <laughs> I love you, I'm like, oh, damn. Like, and after the Germany trip, I knew. I'm like, okay, I've got to move out sooner. Yeah, than later. and then probably also because I was uncomfortable in some way. Because you were always trying to gain more time, more time. I was like, so what, where's that going to lead? Like, yeah, you no, know, you're so annoying with you the just time to, thing. You just, yeah, you just have to do it. So I was like, if you don't put yourself, give yourself a deadline, you're never going to do it. You will always find a reason. There will always be something, but no, no, this is happening and that yeah. and this and it's this birthday and yeah. so on. Um, so Yeah, I think yeah, we got a little bit off topic with that question. <laughs> so I'll kind of try yeah, and bring it well, up like a little bit. It's our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True that. Um, no, but also um, part of what you asked me there, um, what was your name? Sorry. Part of what you asked me there, Omi, is how I adjusted to living by, like, by myself and to cut, like, not have my family yeah. with me anymore. And I've never lived out of home before. The most I've been away from home was two or three weeks when I was in Europe. And that was like, you know, completely different. I was on a holiday. But to now live in my own home with my partner where like I live very free freely in here. Like I feel like I can say whatever I want, express whatever is on my mind and not be afraid to hurt anybody or to feel like, oh, what I'm saying is wrong or it's going to freak people out. I can just be myself, you know? So I'm like myself 24-7 now. Like, I don't have to have this, like, I have to be this person at home. I have to be this person yeah. at work. I, yeah. I'm just me And it gives you, and I think um, applies to, um, well, it's not just exclusive to that culture, obviously, that yeah. you maybe that people pretend to be somebody else in front of certain groups with their family. They try to impress their parents. Um, all these things and I think as soon as you really choose to be 100% yourself you speak up for yourself you take actions for yourself you really focus on yourself that is what gives you so much energy and power and happiness um, because otherwise you're always torn between yeah. these two worlds and you know that you're in some way sort of cheating on to, yourself yeah you're or, lying to yourself yeah, you're lying to yourself you're not standing up to yourself so you're not even fully supporting 
yourself and your own happiness. And I remember that I said that back then. I think, yeah, it was the 15th of January, right? That you moved out. Yeah. I was like, this is in some way we can celebrate that as your second birthday. Because yeah. this is the day where finally you really started living your own life to the fullest, basically. And where, where you really claim and own With no apologies, life. with no yeah, fear of yeah. not being enough or not what people wanted to me, me to be. I am me all the time. And that is the best thing that I have done for myself in my entire life. And now, and now I, can say, I can say that now she's just, she's just killing it. Like I was surprised recently, yeah. when, uh, recently when she um, decided to focus more on her own online and offline training, uh, like personal training business. And these things, we had spoken about that for a while. Yeah. I supported that step, but I was surprised that suddenly she was like, I think on Monday I'm going to tell the boys. Yeah, and I, I, know I, I couldn't even show how, how surprised I was <laughs> in a positive way because I didn't want to give her any doubt. So I was yeah. just like, all right, cool. Yeah, that sounds yeah, good. And you know but what? then after you followed through, I was like, you know what? I was like shocked. You have some solid I got some balls. balls. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, should I say it? Anyway. Um, just some, some context for you guys. Yeah, I'm someone that fears change. Like, I was always like, oh my God, I want to like, I like my routine. I like steady. I don't like too much like, ooh, like a riff. You know, whoops, I just hit the mic. But you know what I mean? Like, And, and that is normal and natural. Yes. Every human has that. We all change. stick to our comfort zone and we don't really want change because change is threat. Yeah, threat potential to the brain. failure as well. Threat to the brain. You maybe have read more about yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah. carry on, yeah. So yeah. maybe it go, went to a different degree there with yeah. you. Yeah, and then I thought back to... 15th of January where I made the biggest change of my life and I was like you know what every other change now I can I can do it whatever I yeah. get through I got through that that was the worst shit I've been through ever and I'm still here and I'm still standing I'm still strong and I'm still confident you're not I'm still, still strong you're much stronger yeah, yeah through that and I'm still full of love and it ha I haven't allowed it to make me bitter or to hate people or anything look everyone is on their own journey of awakening and consciousness that is fine and I'm okay with this you know and I think another question I got um, here from Jasmeet was how do you deal with not having the support of your sister um, and she'd also spoken about how much support that she has from her sisters and that how not having their support would be the hardest and thing about for Jas her about Jasmeet just from the hardest context, thing maybe? in the world yeah 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 so Jasmeet just to give you some context Hope you don't mind me speaking about it, but I know that you said you'd probably become a guest here one day anyway, so I think I'm okay to talk about it. But um, Jasmeet is with um, is in an interracial relationship herself. Her partner is white, you know what I mean? But her family, I know it wasn't easy at the start for her, as she's mentioned, but they're pretty supportive. Like Her family's kind of on board with everything now, so she had a very different story um, to what we're going through. So I guess for her, it's hard to understand how can you not have the support of your siblings, you know what I mean? Mm. And I'll be honest with you, at the start, This was probably what, like the toughest thing for me to see someone I thought that loved me turning and around turned 180 degrees. But especially because both of us as well. Well, especially like, like without going into too much detail, she knew yeah. about you. She'd met you and she supported you and she loved you and she supported us. Until it then sort of became reality for her as well. Maybe. And then she changed. So yeah, um, whatever. We we like, and that is the same. I think what we said earlier. Um, we do not want to f give that too much attention. Yeah. And at the same time, what I said before, you have been through different stages yourself. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so it is hard sometimes with people that um, go out of their way to sort of like damage you or paint it like a picture that, it, that we know that they know is not true. Like yep. we know they don't have a different reality. They know that some of the things that have been said on social media are certainly not true. Um, and and so, so then, of course, it is hard to accept this. But at the end of the day, maybe one day these people will look back and be like, be full of regret. Maybe they maybe never not. will. 
is it really going to make that much of a difference for our lives? I know it's easier for me to to talk, but also, you know, it's not that everything has always been like 100% smooth with my own family. So I have a bit of background there as well. But I think at the end of the day, you cannot control it and you cannot change how somebody else views your steps and decisions in life and you don't live for the support of others because then again you're burning yourself to keep others warm yeah and just to add on to this like um not having the support of my sister in particular look i have no hate towards her i have no ill feelings towards her because i can relate with that mindset that i was at at her age like i remember Mm -hmm. those times where i would be like oh, they should stay with their family. Like, I would say the same things as her. But, but at the same time, like, I never had an elder sister who did this, you know? Like, I never had that, like, someone close to me do this. So I can't say that I would react the same way that she did. I feel like, for me, it might have been a bit different. I would be like, you know what? I'm freaking proud of you for doing what makes you happy. And maybe it'll make it easier for me not to live this double life Yeah, now. or maybe not. You can have a different opinion on things. You can not support things. But then going out of your way to... Um, to destroy someone de- de- destroy someone and these well, are big spra- words but that's yeah. pretty much what it was yeah or that's also how it felt to you um and spread lies because some of that stuff certainly wasn't true we would even have proof for it um that is that that's going too far like you can say like i don't support that i don't find that right yeah um but then again the like the, these people feel like they're they it's also because they um these people feel like they have more of a responsibility towards the family name and the the whole um, yeah. the whole community than towards the truth. To be honest, yep. um, yeah, that's what I think. That's so that that's the, again the, this is like this is this yeah. this big issue, this big problem. How do we deal with it? Um, there, there's one uh, quote that I really like: "Is you're never going to reach your destination if you." throw stones at every, every dog, dog that, that barks, barks on the side yeah, of the road. So line. if you would always go and give this attention and try to fight them and throw stones at them, we're never going to arrive where we want to get. And this is so, the thing, like, I feel like we're on a mission to cultivate a life full of love, inspiration, happiness, good vibes, and to be Freedom and tolerance. Freedom, yeah. tolerance, you know, all these positive things. And if we focus on this, like, 2% of negativity that we got, then we sway from our path. And I would never allow people to have that power on me. I've let people have power of my life in the past and never again. And even so. the hate, the hate is at least some, some sort of a reaction. So at yeah. least people people's are confronted with something and they react to something. So we might even kick off some sort of process in their heads as well and they will change their views. Yeah, but that's up point. to them at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, that's yeah. you know, that's yeah. completely not our responsibility. We can't tell you how to feel about us and about our decisions. We just do what's right for us. Yeah, we do us and we're doing us, you know? Yeah, and, and that's and it. That's all we can do. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I don't I don't feel like we owe anyone an explanation for that. You know what yeah. I mean? I'll just quickly have a look if there's any other questions. Oh, yeah, I've got a good one for you, Boo. All right. Let me just have a look at it. Okay, so from Zine, how is Sven adjusting to being with a Punjabi girl? Look, um, I think <laughs> we, we sort of answered that. I spoke about that earlier already. I don't look at you and I'm like... My little Punjabi girl. <laughs> like, you, you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. You, it's never been a thing you, for you. Like, you're like, whatever. Yeah, you're just, you're just you. Um, I don't really see... Also, <laughs> that is something we were spoken about earlier What as are well, you going to say? Yeah. That, I, that you're an Australian girl to me more than you're a Punjabi girl. Yeah. You know, because that is the... Of course, yeah, well, you were influenced by different uh, uh, 
um, cultures, obviously, as you grew up, and this is still a bit, big part of your identity, but I'm not really looking at, at you as the Australian, the Punjabi, born in Kenya, the Kenyan. Um, yeah, you'd, yeah, yeah, I know you know, you're, you're, you're just, like you're the, just the yeah. person I love, you're just the person I, I am with. Um, so there, there is not much of an adaptation. You mentioned that before that um, Australia is very multicultural. Germany is very multicultural as, way, uh, as well. If I look at my friends there, you know, they're from all over the world. I have friends from Togo, Iran, Turkey, uh, you know, Italy, Asia, um, all over the globe, basically. And I've never looked at them um, for their, like, let's, let's put it this way. I do not judge people for where they're from. At the same time, of course, it's interesting to learn about different cultures, different backgrounds. And this is... I think the only thing it's not about adapting I don't have to adapt to this yeah. I just learn about it of yeah course, you just you know? let and me I be me I get familiar with it if it's the dishes if it's the culture you've told me things about Sikhism um, where um, maybe some other people should take a lesson as well um, <laughs> <laughs> no shade <laughs> um, you know where I felt like I, I, uh, I understood it more in the core than some other people that were t sort of like uh, yeah. u using using yeah. that as their um, just hiding behind it exactly as their shield to, to, yeah, hi yeah. to hide behind it and when mm. they were like um, criticizing us or hating on us um, but yeah I don't think I have to adapt to being with a Punjabi girl um, because adaptation means like sort of we're different and we have to find a way to make it work I think it worked from the very start now it's just about like learning more about it and just just showing interest I yeah, think that's like when, when different cultures meet like in relationships I think it's of course it's important that you are that you have respect for it. You're not trying to take that out of this, out of the other person. Like I'm not trying to turn you into, into a German now and you're not trying to turn me into an Australian, Kenyan, Indian, which will be quite complicated anyway. So, um, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I think that's it. And I think, yeah, I think what you said is very correct. I know this question was towards you, but I think I can add something here as yeah. well. Um, like I still do everything that made me like me before we got together, you know what I mean? Like I still do my meditations, I still listen to Bart, I still um, I still practice a Sikh faith in my own way. And I'm know? open to it. When yeah, it, when and it you've been so open to learning more about it. And uh, the, the meditation so nice. and, and, and all these things. Um, then I'm I'm open to it. You have also you, you have introduced me to um, to um, meditation as well. It's something where I was always like maybe I should do it. To be honest, I haven't do, done it in way too long. Yeah, we need to get back into some sort of routine with it. Um, but yeah, but when um, you listen to my mantra meditations in the car, that still counts as yeah. meditation anyway. You know. True. Um, um, but yeah, you you definitely inspire me there, and I'm just oh. open minded. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. And I, you know, when you just said Vaheguru now, it reminded me of the moment after we just, after I just moved out and things were a bit tough and it was just a lot. And the first thing you did is that you went and played um, the kirtan that I always listen to where they say Vaheguru, Vaheguru, and they keep saying it to calm me down. And that, it helped me so much in that moment. And I, sometimes I still think about it. And I get a bit of emotional talking about it now. But it, you know, it, it was, <laughs> sorry. I can carry on. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, yeah, it was very yeah, helpful for yeah, me. Yeah, and I, th I think that's the thing. I, I learned one thing there. I knew what was uh, what, what what calmed you down, or what sort of centered you again. So so I just put it on. Yeah, to, being to a Sikh is a big part of who I am, and yeah. like just because now I am with someone that is not a Sikh, or uh, I know a lot of people have said a lot of stuff about this, but it doesn't mean I'm going to stop being who I am. It's not going to doesn't mean I'm going to stop practicing being a Sikh. I think Sikh means student of life and about acceptance, love, tolerance and everything that this religion preaches and um, I'm a Sikh and that's it, that's it, you know, you know what I mean? So yeah, 
I think that's all the questions that we've gotten. A lot of them we had kind of answered through like the introduction when we kind of spoke about us um, initially. Um, da, 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 da. Yeah, one more question. Um, I think we oh, we sort of touched on, but from Manu, um, how did you find the strength or correct timing to open up to your parents? Yeah, well, um, <laughs> that's a tough one. Um, I never felt like I had, I was never comfortable, is probably a better way to say this, to sit down with them at a table and be like, mom and dad, I have fallen in love with someone who's outside of the religion, who's outside of the culture. Yeah. And that is why I had to move out secretly, you know? That's why I had to do it in the way where I put my personal safety first because I never feel comfortable to talk about this. And this is just the way that I grew up, like seeing things happen in the past and other people, that, you know, things that happened to, like I just knew that I could never have that conversation. I never had this open communication in my household. And that's why it was like such a like contrast for me when I went to Germany. Everyone is talking about everything so openly. I was like, whoa, is this what it's meant to be like? You know, it's weird. Yeah, but then if, really if we want to give some try to give some general advice we're not the we, we're not like the wisdom itself here but um if we want to give some advice a lot of people might think you have to write wait for the right person and be really confident and so on you know and then like be be like have that man or that woman on your side and then you can go and tell your parents i do not think so i think yep. as soon as you know that the the path they want the pressure they put onto you um you know this like You do what you do. What society expects. You do, you're not doing your own path. As soon as you know, like this is not me. I'm not going to do that. This is when you can sit your parents down already, and be like, look, I'll go out there now and I'll find my own partner, um, and I'll find whoever I think suits. And if that's not going to work out, then it might be the next one. And just you know, shaking all this um, this pressure off. But then at the same time, I can imagine that at the end of the day, um, same as you um, in your past you will hope that you can somehow avoid that confrontation. It is somehow going to work out. You meet that person that fits like, you that know, your, your, that, that fi yeah. fits like your, um, your criteria and your parents' criteria. And then you sit them down where, where, where you, I, I understand that this is probably the most common scenario. And it might have, it might have happened imagine. or whatever, but it just didn't, you know? Yeah. So I can imagine that this would be the mo most common scenario. To yep. like, this is how you know, when to tell them. Um, but then also, yeah, so there are different scenarios. First of all, if you know all this is not me, you can even go and tell them by yourself and just like basically break free yeah. uh, from this cage. Otherwise, if you feel like you found that person that doesn't um, fit um, their criteria, then you go and sit down with them if you feel like that is safe. And then something that we touched on in the very beginning, if you feel like there is just any sort of risk a chance that um, something, something might happen to you for it then just avoid the confrontation don't do it look after yourself first yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And i think that brings us to the end of um some of the questions that we had is there anything else that you feel like we'd wanted to touch on or speak about that we haven't already um i'm sure there's so many more things yeah i know right um and this depending on yeah does it even depend on how it resonates with people i think we might keep doing this anyway hey yeah we just um, keep doing this but um yeah well wherever you see this if you see it on, on on social media wherever you see it head over to um to our um social media if you have more questions um let us know mm -hmm. we might just get back to you straight away otherwise um we will yeah answer them in our next podcast um at least all the questions we received and some of the stuff we wanted to uh, to talk about um we touched on today yeah 
So um, yeah, whoever whoever that is, uh, the the four or five people out there that are actually listening to this, <laughs> um, thank you so much. If you yes. made it uh, up until here, that's one hour and, and 15, 15 minutes, minutes in. Oh my gosh! Um, thanks so much. Uh, thanks so much for listening and um, for your questions. Like, thank you so much for taking the time to write questions about this podcast. And so many of you messaged saying you were so excited to see this as well. So thank you for your good vibes. And I forgot that this will probably be uh, going up on YouTube as well. So yeah. You have, you have the chance to comment under the under the video as well. Let us know if you have any other questions, anything we want you want us to touch on in the future, and then also let us know um, if you have anything to add to the things we yep. we said. If you have a different opinion, um, if you find a proper and respectful way to um, share your opinion, opposite yeah. or different opinion, we'll we'll be very likely to get back to that as well. You know, it's all, yeah, about, 100%. It's all about the way you frame it and if you, if you show some tolerance and respect. So we're looking forward to your feedback. Uh, we hope you like this and I'll leave the last word with you. Well, this is like so much fun. You know, at the start, I was so nervous. I was like, oh my God, this thing, I'm going to look so weird. These things make my head look really, really small and stuff. Like I was really nervous to do this. But as soon as we started talking, I just got it's right fun, into eh? it. Yeah, I love this. Keep talking, but I don't want to yeah, bore okay, everyone. No, we, we've, Let's go. <laughs> we've we've got to end this one here. So yeah, thank you guys so much. Um, let us know how you liked it. Give us some feedback. And uh, you're probably going to hear from us again soon with our second episode. By the way, we've been thinking, uh, you didn't get to say that in the intro, no. giving this thing a, a name, name. Yeah. even though that comes with the pressure to sort of keep it up as well and keep going. Um, but we want to be, uh, what we've realized and also in your process, of course, like of growth now and coming out with this um, authenticity and integrity are two things that are really important to us. And we also mentioned or dropped this a few times, being your authentic self. Um, and that's what we both want to be. And yes. uh, sometimes this can be uncomfortable for certain people because 100%. we call things out as they are. So it is the two of us. We want to be authentic. And for some people, it might be too authentic. So yeah. the idea is that we're calling this podcast too authentic number two and authentic let me know what you guys um, think of that name if you have better ideas yeah. if you think it's complete <laughs> trash let us know we're probably going to do it anyway though yeah. <laughs> but yeah thank but you yeah. thank you thank guys you so, so much for joining us guys much love bye bye <laughs>